This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by PopFlix. PopFlix, the all-new video streaming service from PopCo. Find out what everyone is talking about and stream award-winning PopFlix original content now. Like My Old Bird's Box, BoJack Horsecock, and everyone's favorite, Doing Strange Things. There are hundreds of shows and movies to choose from over at PopFlix. We even have the classics like Wet Hot Chinese Winter, Forrest Blumpkin, and the award-winning Schindler's Day Off, starring Stephen McConaughey and Willie Haroldson. PopFlix starts at $23.99 a month, and that's almost twice as much as Netflix. That's how you know it's better. PopFlix, a Popco brand. Hello and thank you for cracking another Road Soda, Road Soda 89. Greg, you know what an 89 is? What's an 89? It's uh, it's a lot like 69, only older. Uh, on this episode, we have Grandma Ash Cookies and Jeff Bezos' 10,000-year clock mountain. And I'm Isaiah Cooper. With me is Greg McGinnis. And we also have The Wall Comes Tumbling Down. And we answer the question, what would have happened if Johnny Carson was on public access? I'm looking forward to 89. How are you doing tonight? I think uh, it would be a, 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 a nice, rough little gem. It would be a gem hidden, tucked away. And let us tell you something. We got that gem, and that gem is on tonight's episode. The T.C. Rastani. I know you're going, Greg, Isaiah, the T.C. Rastani. And I know I'm saying to you guys... You got your that fucking right. You got that right. We should be saving this for sweeps week, but we couldn't any longer. We could not contain it. We couldn't sit on this rocket ship of footage that we have for you guys today. So we have an in, an awesome interview with the After Hours TV host. Uh, he yeah, host After Hours with TC Rustani on public access up in Boston. So uh, hang around for that interview. I'm really excited for that. And also, still sending out those listening, uh, those free listener appreciation postcards. If you would like those postcards, then you should send your mail mailing address to uh, roadsodamail at gmail.com. And you can get yourself an awesome, free, customized, personalized postcard, show postcard from us. So send that to roadsodamail at gmail.com. Greg, 89 me, but not literally. That's... It's a very rough move. Yes. <clears throat> 89. Uh, we, we'll talk about the year 89, but I wanted to, because I, I it was important to me to talk episode 89 of some big podcasts, mm-hmm. because podcasting is a relatively new animal, but some people have been doing it for a long time. Right. Like Adam Carolla. Like episode 89 of Oh Yeah Dude mm-hmm. occurred November 2nd, 2007. Chimney Christmas. They weren't even calling it a podcast back then. It was just a... It's actually a famous episode because... And I don't think I heard it. I don't think I got into them until like 2011 maybe. And they just had so many apps. I did go back and like 
start listening to some, but it was just way back. Mm-hmm. But they had an actual fight, which is kind of famous, like among the UID people. So I was kind of waiting for eighty nine to come. What up. do you mean, like a? They got into an argument, which right. they never do because they're like good buds, you know. Mm-hmm. And they aired it and everything. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, man! Show must go on. Show, well, I mean, they could have cut it. Cut that shit. Maybe they were. We cut out all our fights. We do. We yeah, have to. Though. You're welcome. We're, we have to. Yeah. Fucking ATF would be here every weekend. Yep. <laughs> uh, WTF? We know has been around for a long time. His episode eighty nine was pretty cool. Andy fucking Richter, who I really like. Mm-hmm. And I remember that one, too. I've listened to every... Is that the better half of the Conan O'Brien couple? It depends which end you're looking at, but yeah. I mean, the, It's the top Andy. half of the horse. He had a show, uh, very briefly, where he was like... It was very campy, mm-hmm. and he was like a secret agent, Andy Richter was. Mm-hmm. I was like, Andy Richter's getting a show, and I saw the preview for it, and I was like, this is going to go fucking two episodes. I think it went like five. Oh. Maybe. Ha <laughs> I don't know. It was fucking Beat your brutal. expectations. Which, which sucks, because I was like, I love Andy Richter, but why is that the show that they gave me? It was just really... I mean, if that's the one you wanted to do. Not on a network, anyway, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was on, like, NBC or some shit. <laughs> uh, but that took place, episode 89 of WTF, July 12th, 2010. Mm-hmm. Still quite a ways back. That's mm-hmm. nine years ago, people on 89. Yeah. Uh, November 26th, 2012, i got to imagine it was right around Thanksgiving... Of 2012, Ari Shafir. I listened to this one earlier this week. Fucking brutal. He had yeah. this lady, Claire Brousseau, on, mm-hmm. who was like, she had tried to commit suicide several times and she underwent electroshock therapy, like at her own request, because she yeah. was just so, like, maniacally depressed and suicidal. Wow. It was awkward, too. At one point, he was just sitting, like, uh huh, uh huh. She's going down such a dark road, and Ari's a comedian, so he right. just trying to yes-hand everything, uh-huh. and every once in a while something would come up, and she was like, and then I tried to kill myself. He's like, uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. Right. And then uh, she said, then, of course, after that, you know, it was it was partly, I think, because of my rape, and he was like, uh-huh. Now, who raped you? And she's like, oh, I, I don't want to talk about that. And he was like, uh, okay, uh-huh. Like, what? <laughs> it was, you, uh, it was brutal to listen to, man. I was like, all right, why the fuck would you bring that lady on? You fucking Debbie Downer. Years? Show must go on, I guess. He just had fucking, that's what he had. Next week, Claire Beauchot on our show. Welcome, guys. We finally got her. (laughs) Unless she's dead, I don't know. She seemed pretty intent on ending it. And that was back in 2012, so we'd be very lucky to have her still on the side of the dirt. Uh, January 21st, 2013. That's the name of my show, On This Side of the Dirt. This Side of the Dirt. Next week on This Side of the Dirt. (laughs) 121-2013. So beginning of 2013, Joe Rogan has his 89th episode... Brian Callen, right? The guy from Mad TV? Mm -hmm. I didn't listen to it, but I like that guy. He was probably pretty funny. And the cool thing about, by the way, UID, you got to get behind a paywall if you want to listen to episode 89. But it's like a Patreon thing, so you might not have to pay. You might just go on and pay five bucks, and then you get the password or whatever. WTF, you totally got to pay to get even back to like episode 900 or something. Really? He only lets the last 50 or 100 go, and there's two a week coming in. Mm -hmm. So you... You know, I, I was paying for it at one point because I really did like WTF. I went back to the beginning, but that was back on like maybe like in the three hundreds or something. It was a long yeah. time ago. That paywall status. Yeah. Don't don't worry, guys. It's coming. Ari, you <laughs> can go get Ari's episode eighty nine anytime you want. It's right there. And then Joe Rogan, you can't get it right from the feed, but you can go get him. Like you can go get him on YouTube. But he's not like hiding him. Either. No, they're not hiding him. Yeah, you can get him. There's anyway. like fucking nine thousand fucking episodes of Joe Rogan at three hours a pop. Yep. The most, most prolific podcaster. Next to C-SPAN, he's putting out more, <laughs> I know, more it's a, shit. It's a fucking neck and neck race. 
July 22nd, 2014. I didn't realize this one was that old. And I think I say that every time I look it up. It's a podcast called How Did This Get Made? With some of the guys from the league. The biggest one that everyone knows is... You've mentioned it a couple times. Nick Kroll. Right. And also Jason... Um, he was just in that promo that we were just watching for uh, the upcoming... One of the upcoming NBCs. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. Anyway, they just rag on movies. How Did This Get Made? And this one was called Gooby which is a British movie. It had Eugene Levy in it somehow from 2009. I'm sure it was pretty shitty. They don't usually do movies that are not really shitty. Right. And then it, to round out the 89s, June 18th, 2015, The Dollop, episode 89. This I also listened to. It's a very typical, funny dollop where they investigate the murder of Russell Colvin. Basically, in 1819 in Vermont, mm-hmm. a guy went missing... They immediately assumed he was murdered. They picked a couple people that did it. They were ready to execute them. And then someone intervened and went and got the guy. He just moved to New York and didn't tell the right people. Mm-hmm. He had even told some people. Just not enough people. And like, not every single person in 1819 knew Spoiler alert, everybody. The guy didn't actually die. <laughs> the guy shows back up right, like within like three weeks when they were going to execute these guys. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, sorry guys. Sorry, Bob. Sorry, you can see our side of it. Uh-huh. It was, it was a funny one. Uh, so that's episode 89s. Let's go to the year 1989. We'll just do a quick one because there were a couple of big things that happened. Uh, one thing for me, 1989, best picture, Driving Miss Daisy. Mm-hmm. You probably never saw that movie. No. It was a movie about... Um, oh, you don't got to tell me what it's about. Well, no, I just it was, never saw it. No, it was a good movie. It was. It won best picture in Oh, I've heard of it. Everyone's heard of Driving Miss Daisy. It's like... Yeah, she was a bitch and he won her over and... I, I don't know. Whatever. It's been used as a punchline in many a movies. Right. Are you going to use me? Oh, what is this? Driving Miss Daisy? Oh, what is this? Driving Miss... Oh, what is this? Driving Miss... Is this Driving Miss Daisy? But what I remember when I'm looking back at the at the um, list of movies, it was a very serious year for movies. Born on the Fourth of July was one of the nominees. Tom Cruise is like a war vet that comes back crippled and very bitter after Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Feel the Dreams. Yeah, not like a... You know, it's a kind of a sad movie. Is that a football movie? Really? What? You know, so I feel the dreams either. It's not a punchline like Driving Miss Daisy is. That's true. But so you never saw Feel the Dreams. I don't know. I, no. That's a good movie. You should watch Feel the Dreams. Good movie. Is right? it a football movie? No. Jesus. Baseball. <laughs> okay. Baseball movie. Kevin Costner builds a field out in the middle of nowhere. If they build it, they will come. Yes. See? If you build it, if you build it, they will come. It's a whispering thing. Mm. My Left Foot. That's a very depressing movie about a guy that's got like a major... Um, Dancing problem. No, no. Major uh, disability where I believe he can't use most of his body. That I never saw. But that's one of those movies that was a punchline for me way back. Mm. Uh, And then Dead Poet Society, which was kind of a sad movie. People die. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're... Is that with Robin Williams? Yes. Carpe Diem is where we all got that. That's where we all seized that line from... We seized Dead the... Poet Society. So that's what you're looking at in 1989 for Best Picture. Those Not a lot of upper movies. Right. The really t- depressing year. The TV and the, mu- and the mu- music was almost the same thing. The cause is still up there. Mm-hmm. And that was just like, he was just on top of the world, man. That's he was crushing it. Every the, year. The whole, all, the, all of the 80s. All of the 80s. And it, it switches a little bit. So in the next couple episodes, we'll... He's not dropping off, but he's sliding. Starting to slip. Starting to slide into season nine. Big events for me in 1989. Number one was the Berlin Wall came down in 1989. So that was a big deal. That is a big deal. East Berlin, West Berlin split the Cold War. It's a big crushing blow for the Cold War. 
we kind of moved into where we're at today. And in this was kind of an interesting thing that I came across only looking at. I don't remember this from 1989, but the Hillsborough soccer disaster mm-hmm. during a game of between Liverpool and Nottingham at Hillsborough Stadium, April 15th, 1989, there were 96 fatalities and 766 injuries. People were crushing each other up against fences. Mm-hmm. Was it a riot? It was a... Uh, the crush occurred in the two standing-only <laughs> central pens. <laughs> they called it the crush. <laughs> it was the it was the crush. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh, I guess there was a lot of overcrowding. It's a little on the nose for me. It's a little on the nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, anybody was trying to kill anybody. It just one of those things, man. There was too many people, not enough crowd control. We weren't trying to kill nobody, you know, but when we just smashed them, it's just sad that many people can die, just by crowding. Overcrowding, like oh, yeah, squeezing buddy. each other. That's a that must have been a big game. Like you don't nobody like stop and say like whoa whoa back up. Oh, I'm sure they said back up. <laughs> oh, you don't think anyone said that? <laughs> are they are they that drunk that they just can't and they're that hyped up to? You just you had to be there. You had to be there, man. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. So anyway, 1989 for me wasn't such an uplifting year. Mm-hmm. But uh, episode 89, as you can see. They, you know, it's been going on for a long time, and now we're on our episode 89. That brings us to 2019, and I'm looking forward to our episode 89. Well, this is a 89. We're already, we're, we're cooking it. Yeah. You're looking forward to being here. That's right. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Dark Web MD. Where do you go when they tell you there's no cure? They say the homeopathic options might help, but you know a brand spanking new child kidney will definitely help. But where do you score a kidney? Dark Web MD. Everyone is getting more and more tattoos. How are you going to keep up? A sleeve? Your neck? Your face? No way. You're ready to take it to the next level. You're getting horns. But you live in the suburbs. How are you going to get horns? Dark Web MD. Your 23andMe results came in, and unlike Kim and Chloe, no Armenian DNA. OMG, Brittany. How can we get that changed? Dark Web MD, a popco brand. Greg, this just in. Breaking I'm breaking it for you right now. Student says she gave cookies containing grandfather's ashes to classmates. You're really into this eating of the ashes, huh? We've had, one of, these, we've had one of these before. We have not. <laughs> we fucking totally Where, have. Which we haven't. We, tell me which one it was. You said you it can... was... You ready? Yeah. It was a girl gave a teddy bear to her friend or something that was filled with ashes of a dead relative. No way. You must be like so into these stories that you're sleepwalking through it. The excitement is just... No way. Burning through your brain. A student in Davie, California has claimed that around two weeks ago... She and a conspirator gave nine classmates cookies containing her grandfather's ashes. Oh, they did ashes. it on purpose. Oh, and she's fucked up. <laughs> was it? What do you think? It's an accident? Well, you see, officer, I was reaching for the flower. You know, I keep my urn the same place. Just about right everyone does. Right over the stove. Right over the stove next to the flour and the sugar. Get the salt, pepper, garlic, grandfather's ashes. Exactly. And that could be get kind of dicey when you're whipping up ginger snaps. At least some of the students were aware they were ashes in the cookies before they consumed them. Oh, so and some of the kids even knew. That's it. even f- more fucked up. Yeah, 
So why why is so why are we here? <laughs> you know, it's like everyone. They this were all was cool with it. this was consensual ash eating. No, it was consensual for some. The for other most ones of them, most the of the kids. Others were apparently unaware and were horrified when they found out. I they were so good. So far, it is unclear why the student felt motivated to bring desserts with human remains in them to school. Since the cookies have already been eaten, it is also unclear how we can be sure they contained ashes at all. Although a classmate of the alleged perp uh, perpetrator did say he didn't believe her until she pulled out the urn. So maybe this could just be like a, the next best comedian like the next Sarah Silverman right here, where she just ma makes a batch of cookies and be like, watch this shit. She brings it to school with the urn and then goes, oh, those are my grandfather's ashes. And uh, they're like, no, uh be like, check this shit out. It smells uh, like ginger snaps, doesn't it, motherfucker? If that's the case, I feel really bad for the next generation of comedians because that is fucking horrible. I think that's really funny. That is fucking horrible. That's fucking hilarious. About that. Why, are they, what is they, why is that not funny? I don't know. Why would you want to eat someone's ashes? You wouldn't. He's just, she, I don't think she did put her grandfather's ashes in these cookies. I think she's just fucking with people. That's the thing. She's just fucking with people. She didn't actually do it. She brought the, she brought the urn to school to be like, I did put the ashes in as a goof. As a goof. That's a good goof. That's a great goof. How about, uh, we got some other ones here, Greg. What about, injured pet chicken gets the 3D printed leg designed by 8th grade class. Sweet. Now that's something I can get behind. That's a feel-good story. That is a feel-good. There's your feel-good story. They're coming from you, uh, Lycoming County, Pennsylvania. An injured chicken is back on two feet, and it's all thanks to some eighth grade students in Pennsylvania. Their teacher heard one of the students discussing her injured pet chicken, and she decided to turn, uh, sorry, she decided to turn the search for a solution into a class project. A real Modern-day Miss Frizzle, if you will. Did you get that reference? No, I don't get that reference. Magic school bus, you, you, Magic school you bus. old <laughs> fucking loser. Nearly a year old, the blue silky chicken. Are you? Have you ever seen a silky chicken? No. My sister has some silky chickens. They look like that. I'm okay. showing them a picture of the chicken. They um, Their feathers are less like feathers in it. So they're very thin. And uh, they get their, they're the kind of chickens that get the afros. And this one doesn't have a very nice afro. It's probably because it's depressed, but it's missing legs. Looks like an evil gang chicken from like Mad Max. Why would you say that? If Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome had chickens, this is the chicken. This That'll is the chicken. You put a little little choker collar I on it. I can see that thing driving in the sidecar of a little chicken. Super mega chicken. Black on black motorcycle. What? Yeah. Burnt out. No paint on it. Yeah. Nearly a year old, the blue silky chicken, apparently named Blue. People are really taking some wild liberties out here with names. Is walking again with the help of her new 3D printed prosthetic leg. We could have just used like uh, what they use for the with the medium. Do you know? I I would assume maybe plastic or something. Uh, raccoon broke uh, broke into the chicken coop outside. That's how they lost the the chicken's leg. I'm not sure. I'm sure you know. Um, they didn't give m many details on how they. I'd really like a, like a follow-up on this to see how the chicken's progressing in six to nine months. Uh, me, yeah, me too. We should see how... I guess they really could have just used... A, uh, uh, Legos? Anything. Yeah, Legos, connects, Fucking plastic fork. Plastic fork, yeah, they just bend out the little <laughs> little things. A spork. Like, even. let's 3D print them a leg. What about... 
my dad, he lost his leg to Another diabetes. story that makes me feel bad for the next generation. Other three pretty... That's let's let's take doing. care of the chickens. Lastly, I shouldn't say lastly, but also newsly, Jeff Bezos bought a whole mountain. Uh, actually, he didn't buy the mountain. He didn't do it himself. He, he backed a company that turned an entire mountain into a clock designed to tick-tock for the next 10,000 years without any human intervention. That's interesting. Yeah. Why do they need a whole mountain to do it? Because, uh... It's like nuclear powered and there's like a fucking reactor underneath? Maybe. Yeah. I think... Uh, let's let's do it speculative because there's actually a video. How about like a $9,000 robot that winds a watch successfully every day? Every day. Forever. For 10,000 Or can we place a fucking solar watch battery every year? Yeah. Instead of buying a mountain. But what the fuck do I know? You don't know the first he thing about He owns Amazon. Clocks. I occasionally purchase shit on sale. From he Amazon. also owns a mountain. That's a clock. And it's going to run, and it's going to use the pendulum. It's going to use the, the rotating of the earth and the, this long... They board out the whole center of it, and there's a long pendulum that sits there, and it swings perfectly, keeping time for 10,000 years. The whole earth itself becomes a veritable clock. Because of this rich bald man, the singular bat, the single single bachelor used to be a, he was he touched the richest man in the world, just nipped it, but then he got half of it taken away. Just took half of it. <laughs> so last week, um, we Greg and I had a conversation about uh, lot lizards and and how, uh, and if people know or understand even what a lot lizard is, and it, apparently I found this article, so I'm do, that's why we're putting this here in the news section, of stories from truckers that share their most insane lot lizard stories. What's a lot lizard, Greg? A lot lizard is a prostitute that hangs out at truck stops, and I think they'll bang anyone that's there, but I think they mostly stick with the truckers. But don't take my word for it. <laughs> my guess is they would rather bang... Maybe someone else that wasn't in a truck for the last twenty. Do you think hours? like they're the they're the? But they will bang the truckers. Like the save, they're like the save a lot versions of hookers. Like that's just where they end up once they've. Yeah, they're like store brand hookers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. They're, not, you... the, they're not the nice department store hookers that your parents used to get you for Christmas. Nah. These are these are not even Sam's Club hookers. Nah, they're they're off, not even totally off brand. Bulk <laughs> off off brand save a lot. So, uh, there was this one guy, there's a story, he said, I used to travel from Texas to Minnesota on a Harvingston crew, and at the time he was 20 years old, and he got, he turned his, he got to the truck stop, he was the first one there, and he jimmied the switch to try to turn the lights off, and then he gets into the back into the sleeper, and he lays down to go to sleep, but a couple minutes later, my passenger door opened, and a woman climbed into the seat, she looked to be around 30, and had probably been attractive in her earlier years, but had definitely been rode hard and put up wet. You ever heard that? Yeah, you I've ever heard, heard that term. I've heard. I thought it was rolled hard right. and put away wet, right? Like if you had like a. But I, this yeah. guy, this guy said rode hard. I've never heard of that. I've either one. You never heard that expression? Rode hard and put away wet. Yeah, I would assume it's like a jet ski. Like you yeah, rode it hard and put away, put it away wet. Really anything, I yeah. think, right? You, you put it away wet, you know what's going to happen when you it's go gonna get... It's going to get fucked up, yeah. It's going to get fucked up. Oh, man, this poor girl. This poor gal. I asked her what she was doing, and she responded, That's your call, baby. 
I sat up as she climbed into the sleeper and sat next to me. I had no idea what was going on. She scooted closer and placed her hand on my knee and commented on how young and fresh I looked. What is this bitch, a, a vampire? <laughs> looks so young and fresh. I told her I had no idea what was going on and she must be mistaken. You're just nervous, I get it. You wouldn't have flashed me over if you didn't want it. At this point I realized what was going on and I told her to leave. She was angry and demanded money for wasting time, yada yada, she left. So apparently, that's how you get them in your truck. Flash your lights. So you pull into the truck stop, you flash your lights, click, 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 a couple different times, and just fucking wait. And you hear flashing, and then you hear a knocking, and then there's a rocking. It's like a fuck taxi. It's like a fuck taxi. Fuck taxi stand is right there. You flash your lights, get the fuck taxi. Right, but they made it even easier with the new Popco app. The Lizard Lift. Lizard Lift. Yeah, it makes it even easier. Don't even have to flick your lights now. Yeah, this this story wouldn't have happened. Uh, You don't even have to flick your lights. Um, That terror could have been avoided. That's right. (laughs) A terror. Her alias was Snow White. I want to pay homage to my favorite lot lizard, Snow White. Snow White. That was her name. I was not a trucker and never experienced her services. I worked at a rather well-known truck stop doing during maintenance, specifically on the showers. I'd listen to truckers and lot lizards do it in the showers every day. It was like the chirping of the birds, you know, in the morning. Jesus, we, that's grisly. Yeah. We had an old video game in the back that Snow White had figured out was broken. Player 2 could play for free. We didn't have a sign telling anyone else. She used to pretend as if she was buying a game for a trucker in the waiting room and use that as her way in. Crafty. Yeah. Crafty. On my lunch break one day, I asked if I could play. We continued that trend a couple times a week for the next few months. She told me all her crazy stories, including... How she has used her body to get nearly every uh, get to nearly every state in America, including a flight to Hawaii. She fucked her way onto a plane to Hawaii. One day she didn't show up. Then another day passed. Then another. Then a sign popped up on the window, missing, and it had her real name and alias, Snow White. Ma'am, so, uh, and what? It cut me deep. I sure hope she is okay. So I guess she went missing. That's kind of sad. What what these lot lizards need is a Sounds pimp. to me like he wanted to confess to that, but he pulled up at the last minute. I feel like he is the real Snow White murderer. I think we should open this cold case up. I think that is... I would be my... his email address. I have to check his email Blood address. Blood on his hands. Blood in his emails. Blood in his emails. Man, uh, there's... there's a, here, let's do... Let's do one more. I am not a trucker. They always start that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a trucker. I'm not a trucker. I just... I know a guy. So wait, did he actually say he was banging Snow White, or are they just no. video game buddies? He just worked at the truck there's stop. There's a lot of stories about lot lizards, and as far as I know, there's only one thing going on with them. How many stories are we have to listen to before we hear about a lot lizard doing her job? Well, this is the craziest story. That's not a crazy story. All right, that's true. All right, so we're listening to... The, anytime the, they don't put out, We're listening to lot lizard follies, yeah. <laughs> Bloopers. Blooper, yeah. I'm not a trucker, haha, <laughs> alright, but I did work at a truck stop. Do I have stories? It was a Sunday night. We just got finished with the 11 p.m. Sunday rush. You know that, everyone's really familiar with that 11 p.m. Sunday trucker rush. As I'm walking back into the store... That tr- would make sense. Right? Yeah. Because Yeah, because they're all getting to where they gotta go for Monday morning, so that makes sense. Probably really busy. 
you drive like really early in the morning on right that makes sense that must be a grisly fucking a grisly time to be at a truck stop oh yeah 11 p.m on a sunday as i'm walking back into the store i a truck pulls up i turn around a little annoyed and start fueling the guy up he's just messing with me and the truck starts rocking I stop fueling and ask him if he can stop the truck shaking so I don't spill. The passenger side door opens and this 60-year-old looking woman stumbles out to the ground. Torn jeans, ripped, white cotton blouse, high heels, dyed blonde hair, smudged bad makeup, and a dead fox wrapped around her neck. You're like, hey, just describe a hooker. <laughs> dead fox. <laughs> <laughs> You just described every fucking... Hey, you're not narrowing this down at all. I'm trying to draw a sketch for you, son. You just described every hooker in the world. She joins us in the conversation. She almost doesn't... Uh, sorry, I'm almost done filling the truck up when the trucker and the woman say they're going to go in and eat. He asked for a shower key for the lady, and I tell them to ask the cashier for it. So she goes to showers, and he follows her to pay, and then he follows her again to the shower. The store is a small store. The adult entertainment is next to the chocolate, and the motor oil is on the same shelf as the beef jerky. I guess he's just trying to show you how small. Yeah, I feel like we had a very specific picture here. Yeah. About five minutes later, after they get in the shower, you can hear her howling at the top of her lungs, and he's grunting like he's starting a lawnmower that won't start. <laughs> then you hear her shout out, Yeah, yeah, that's right, you F my filthy cat. I don't she I don't think she said you have my filthy cat. I think we can assume what she actually said. The waitress's next door came over to find out what was going on. That's how loud she shouted that line. So they finished up and they go next door to eat. About a half hour later, I see her come out and use the bathroom. He comes rushing out about a minute later and says, "So long, take care of her for me." Tell her sorry for not smuggling her into the U.S. I'm not going to jail. He gets in his truck, throws her crap out the door, and he's gone. I go out and pick her crap up off the ground and bring it to the counter. She came out, and ten minutes later, after she went in, she looks at the window and she says, Aw, oh, my ride left. I'm such a sweet guy. Can I stay here? Anyway, she hangs around the outside until she catches another fucking ride, and then... Uh, She's out. She actually asked this guy at one point. She goes, "Can you? will you give me a ride? And uh, he, she's like, oh, come on. I'll give you a gummy or a grindy for free. And she... <laughs> That's awesome. And she pulls out the left half of her teeth and the top, on the top and the bottom. And I walk into the truck stop laughing and struggling to breathe. Once I catch my breath, I tell everyone what happened. About a half hour later, she found a ride and I never saw her again. There's a couple more stories on here, but this came to you. Uh, uh, this comes to you from clipd.com, and I'll tweet this out. And it's just uh, truckers sharing their insane lot lizard stories. If you want to read a couple more uh, on your own, you can do that. But so many lot lizards, so little time. So little time. We can we can we can have a whole po uh, a whole lot lizard podcast if we wanted to. Maybe we do want to. Triple X double L. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Shit Salt. 
What's the worst part of owning a dog? The shit. Some dogs eat their shit, but not all of them. We are here to change that. I have three dogs. The Shih Tzu is nasty, and the Pomeranian is my princess. The Schnauzer, that's the one that shits all over the house. That had a major impact on my relationship with the dog. Then we got Shih Salt, and the results are awesome. He still shits everywhere, but now he eats them all. Now he's my favorite. He even has his own spot on the bed. Sprinkle shit salt on any existing dog dew in your yard, and our proprietary blend of exotic spices will make that dew virtually irresistible to your dog. Your yard stays clean, your dog stays full, and you save money on pet food. Try it free for 30 days, and at the end of your trial, if you miss scooping shit, we'll give your money back guaranteed. You can even keep that shit salt. Shit salt. Salt that shit. A Popco brand. Millennial Book Club. Millennial Book Club. Millennial Book Club. Megan's Book Cup. Me All right. Megan's. This is the Millennial Book Club segment of the show. You get an assignment, you watch it over the week, you come back, we talk about it. You can send your thoughts about what we watch. And what we watch is always a Netflix original. And uh, if you watch it, you can send your thoughts to roadsodamail at gmail.com. And then uh, we'll, we'll read your reviews on, 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 on air, as they call it. Anyway. <laughs> digital this, air. Digital air. AG air. Did you do your homework? We watched Lunatics this week. It was a uh, Netflix original, a comedy. Chris Lilly. It's a mockumentary series following the peculiar lives of six eccentric and sometimes obscene misfits who march to their own beat. What do you think? I wanted to like it. Stole my line. I stole it right just before. It looked so started. funny. When yes. we watched the trailer, I was like, that will be awesome. Yes, that was will be not awesome. Great. And and it had such potential. Now, I talked about this um, just about every time we brought it up. I said, this looks just like uh, Little Britain, which was a, a show that aired like the early 2000s in, on the BBC. And there was these, these two comedy actors, and it was snippets of very stereoty of stereotypes that you would see in Britain. It would just bounce around. And the same two guys played every character. And it was like shot in this documentary style. Like you're looking at like a, a cross section of Britain. And it's just, it's very similar kind of style. And so when I saw this, I was like, and the preview looked, it did it. Dude, it looked really funny. But, and then you watch it and. Uh, there was some, there was, so let's start <laughs> with what was funny. Right. So there were six characters, so it'll be easy for us to kind of go through. I just real quick, I can remember five of them. I couldn't remember the six, so we'll go through. We'll remember them all. Um. The one that could have been funny but wasn't but had some funny in it was the ex-porn star. He played a lady that was a... Well, first off, these are all set in Australia. Oh, mm -hmm. in, in, no, in Britain, too. Well, it traveled to Britain, but all the characters... It was were, in America, too. Who it was, was everywhere. Who was in America? That girl was in school in America. Oh, that's right. The girl, okay. But, it's all over the place. Well, but I feel like half of them were Australian. It's just all one Australian guy. 
Right, but half of the things were set in Australia. So right. the ex-porn star was an Australian porn star. Mm-hmm. He plays her. There was some funny like videotape covers and shit with like a naked chick with his face. Now he's supposed to be, you know, out to pasture ex-porn star, and is like a weird hoarder mm-hmm. and very delusional. Right, but it wasn't as funny as I wanted. I was that was one that I. When you see it in the beginning, when they're setting it up, you're like, this is really funny. He's putting his face on all these crazy porn things, and they're talking about the titles of the movies, and like the, even the mailman was like, oh yeah, I remember her. She was hot as shit. And it's like the dude dressed up like a... There's a bunch of really funny ideas. Yeah. And like again, the idea of the whole show is like, it's funny. It's just... And there were funny lines, like he would say something, and he'd be like, that's clever. Yeah, I get that. That's a funny... like Again, the idea of this old washed up... Porn star who's now just your typical hoarder fucking lunatic. It's like everyone knows, like, I, I definitely, it, this is funny, but I'm not laughing. And I think what it is, he didn't push anything hard enough. And and I don't think there was anyone around to be like, we need to push this harder. Like, we need, you need to, like, it was too tame. Like, even the open intro scene where he's the, like, the guy that is a tailor or something. Yeah, Keith it was like Dick. there was nothing there that was like he. It was building, and I was waiting for that crescendo where it's like that that crazy thing where he's like where he pulls out a turd and he writes on the wall like do mm-hmm. like go there go like he did fuck a cash register. It was mildly, but still insane. it's it's just it still felt like every, exactly. Everything I, I mean, was I'm saying exactly lacking. what you're right. what you're saying. That's exactly what I thought. When you watch Borat, it's uncomfortable for a different reason because yeah. he's he's doing weird shit and he's. Un, bringing unwilling, unwitting participants mm-hmm. into it, and it would just be if it was just awkward and nothing crazy happened, mm-hmm. it would just end awkward. You'd be like, it's, "I feel bad watching this." There's nothing, this guy yeah. did the same thing. He's bringing you in on these fake situations, and nothing crazy is really happening. So you just walk away with the awkwardness. Like, I feel bad watching that. Like the tall girl that he does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of funny for like a few seconds, but then you're like, "This is like a weird fucking thing this dude is doing." It's not particularly hilarious I think, yeah exactly and i don't and i but the thing is i don't think that's his intention like i think his intention is to make something funny and he just kind of is missing the mark by not you know what i mean like do you think or do you think it's his intention he's like nah man i'm trying to make you feel awkward i'm not it trying could to just be because to be fair i only watched a couple apps mm-hmm. it could be that this takes a little longer to set in and after three or four apps after these really complex issues these people have are laid out then he can go to the next level and make it laugh. But but I mean that's you can't, you can't take that there. liberty with right. with Netflix. Do people watch you for ten minutes? Yeah, and they be go, warned, Fuck Australians. You. We don't give you that fucking liberty. All right, you got about twenty seconds, and then Pokemon's 20. going back on. Exactly. Cause well, porn and, and then Pokemon in that order. And, and then you know sometimes it flip flops. Whatever. So wait, he did the porn star. He did the tall girl. Like he played this girl going into college that was like seven three mm-hmm. with these weird legs that were like tree trunk fucking legs. Which is funny. Yeah. It looks funny, and the whole idea is funny, and it's supposed to be... But then he just acted really kind of normal. Right. Like, in the trailer, you see her standing under a ceiling fan, and her hair gets caught up in it. And you're like, oh, it's going to be zany stuff like that. Right. Honestly, the entire time she was in there, like, checking into her dorm room, it was exactly what you'd expect with a girl checking into her dorm room. That was a giant... waiting for shit to happen. Exactly. Nothing. If a girl, a tall girl, like everything about it was just really fucking normal. It's like, 
I, it was, it was, yeah, man, it just... Like, she meet, he meets the Japanese, uh, a Japanese girl, like, oh, we talked online. And the Japanese girl in Japanese says, you're so tall. Yeah. If, like, if she, like, freaked out or, like, started crying or ran out or something... Said some really like, horrible curse word It would have moved us off that base, you know, level, but it, it just it never did. Yeah, it never did. It was all just too, yeah. How about Maybe the, if they took those characters and put them in, like... Around real people that weren't actors, Do you, maybe that that could have done something, and had them fuck with other people, get like real reactions, like anything, man. There was just, it was just lacking. The so Keith Dick was the the guy that had the objectivization, sexual fetish. Mm-hmm. He wanted to fuck a dryer, then he wanted to fuck a cash register. Then his wife walked in on him fucking a cash register. Funny premise was not executed funny, <laughs> but the guy's affect was kind of funny. There was yeah. again, you were waiting for shit to happen. It just never really paid just, off. Yeah. <laughs> the then there were the big ass realtors. Uh-huh. He did the realtor family, and they all had like big asses sticking out. Right. It was kind of funny. It's kind of. But again, like it started out, and you're like, all right, we've seen it. Now what? Yeah. And it didn't go anywhere. And then um, the twelve year old kid, which was didn't do anything for me at all. It was uh-huh. annoying. The little rude twelve-year-old kid yeah. that went to Britain. Uh-huh. Then who was the sixth character? What am I missing? We got the tall girl, the twelve-year-old, the big-ass realtor, the ex-porn star Keith Dick. I don't know, man. I'm missing one. Could maybe they, maybe all six of them weren't in there, or maybe uh, in the first one. I don't. I don't really. I I oh the fucking pet psychic. The pet one. psychic. That was Which... another one that just never did anything for me. Yeah, the whole the whole show. Another man. chick. So he was a ch- he was the ex-porn star. The tall girl, and then a pet psychic to the stars in Australia again. It just, you know, I mean, it, it was, again, it was kind of funny. Like, she's like, I'm feeling, uh, there's a T. There's a T name? Anyone T? T, T? Maybe V? D? Did you say J? And then, you know, like. You oh, we expect, get it. But right. now it's like, it's like, it, he's got all these great setups, but then there's never a fucking punchline. There's never, like... Yeah, it was ungratifying. Ah! Like, I thought it was... I, I thought, like, some of the things that he would do was, was kind of humorous. Like, when he uh, brought the dog out, the stuffed dog, and he was, like, showing it to the other dog. I was like, God, that's so fucked up. And then he ha- and then he's like, and here's my other dog. Uh, she was turned into a shawl, and she's got the shawl. And then she puts the shawl on the fucking the dog that's still alive. Like, that's... That was kind of funny. I wanted more of that outrageousness, more of that, like, push it there. Push it the fucking envelope. You've got these crazy people. Now make them do something that's, like, unbelievable. Like, why is there a camera on them? Why, why are you even writing these people if they're just so fucking normal? There's nothing exciting here. I can watch regular hoarders if I almost want to see like, a fucking Almost hoarder. like best of show, best in show type stuff. But like best that. in show had fucking punchlines. Exactly. Like, it had those self-referent, like, the, whatever the person's malady was... They were doing something to be, you know, ironic or clever about it. Right. And these people just had these slightly funny maladies and then Maybe, lived out Maybe, do you think things. it was because it's, it's like, written and directed and everything by Chris Lally and there was, like, he didn't have, like, maybe he didn't have a team. Maybe he didn't have anyone there. It was just all his ideas. And then that's what happens when you just have one dude's ideas the whole time. And he just is like, what are they missing? This is fucking solid gold. This is gold, you Every fools. one of these. I can barely finish <laughs> look, the editing. It's look, so it's hilarious. me with an afro. Look, <laughs> look, it's me with long legs. Do they, they hear Pet Psychic? Are these mics on? Don't you see the size of the ass on me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, was... sometimes I feel like the guy like this, that he doesn't get this far without having some good shit. He obviously, like, we, we do not know Chris Lally from our asshole. 
So, but what we do know is that you don't get your own Netflix sketch show for nothing. For nothing. Or we would have one. Or definitely we would have one. Road so to the sketch show. So that means that there's probably Netflix said, "Here you go. Here's a check for eighteen thousand Australian dollars, which is who the fuck knows what that is." And then some writing it's like people. Two Australian dollars. The conversion rate goes the opposite way that way. And they're Netflix people, and so. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by PopFlix. Everyone's abuzz about PopCo's new streaming service, PopFlix. Let's take a moment to introduce you to some of their new original series. BoJack Horsecock is an animated series that tells the heartwarming tale of an ex-fireman turned kindergarten teacher. Keep the Kleenex handy and check out Doing Strange Things, a group of all-trans ghost hunters search for the paranormal in a small town shared with the Westboro Baptist Church. You won't believe what goes bump in the night. My Old Bird's Box is the story of an elderly man battling dementia and the IRS as he tries to locate his deceased wife's body to find the map to a buried treasure tattooed on her vagina. Or is it just dementia? PopFlix starts at $23.99 a month. That's almost twice as much as Netflix. That's how you know it's better. PopFlix, a Popco brand. They are doing their own thing and like chopping out his legs. Uh-huh. And they're like, so what do we get to work with here? We're, gonna, we're here for like 38 hours. And he goes, well, I've got this character, and I've been doing it for seven years. They're like, okay, uh, tall girl, let's have her go to college, and uh, fans are a big danger. Right. Well, no, we had a much more cerebral thing. We're the Netflix guys, all right? What's they actually the don't do that, and I think they, that's why this show came out so shitty. Is, is, is Netflix has this habit of handing people money and just going... We trust you as the creator. Make what you're gonna make, and that's that's dude, that's like no, that's what they do. I that's like the maybe. Tr- that's what that is what they say they do. That's what sets them apart. That's what makes them kind of. They say they don't want to have such hands-on approaches. Like when they, when you go to a network that has to please people, that has to please their their sponsors and whatnot. They make it a known thing. Everyone that has shows like Bill Burr, all these people that have these shows say that they. I love Netflix because they're just hands off. They give you the money. They have faith in you as a creator, and they don't fucking. Yeah, but fuck I mean, when you. you have a show, there's got to be some level of fucking. They make that decision thing. right. The big decision comes by we're giving you this money. We've already chosen you. Once you're chosen, we trust you as your talent. And but what you're, you're just doing. Chris Lilly, so you need like a whole staff to well, put a show together. I'm sure. I I guarantee he had a staff. I guarantee. Of and course and he had then a maybe staff. that was the failing. Is all I'm saying. Because again, I just feel like the perspective I'm coming from is right. the guy must have been pretty funny to put some shit together. Some Thing happened. I think if there was more of that, and it could honestly, have been a failure to launch thing on his port. Maybe his shit is just not made for a right. Show. I'm, what I'm saying is, it's almost the the back, the the other, the the inverse side of when you need somebody, you need a network sitting there going, "This isn't as funny as you think it is." That's why I'm saying where this backfired in this situation. And your your Louis C.K.s and your Bill Burrs and that kind of stuff. Your big mouth guys. Those are the guys you give your fucking money to, and they they run with it and they create and just watch them do it. But in this situation, maybe they needed more of that. Like, hey man, make us laugh in this scene. Yeah. Like they and they didn't do that in this one. Yeah. And um, which is, I and I feel like we've seen that a couple different times where it's almost like they're too hands off in some of these in, with some of these people, and because of how they're operating. But you know where they're making a thousand shows. Fuck it, you gotta break a few eggs to. Of make course, it home. That, I think that's, and I honestly think. And that I'm is sorry, Chris Lilly, but you are a fucking broken egg. They're broken egg, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 show's gonna slip to the to the back end of Netflix with Norm Macdonald and uh... another guy <laughs> and that maybe could have used some network notes. 
Come on, no never, notes. These are no I, notes. You were being serious with those notes. I thought it was you were fucking with me. I thought you were fucking with me. Well, I uh, uh, there was another sketch show on there, but I don't think we're going to do that sketch show for this episode for this Millennial Book Club. What I you suggested is we do. This is this is an interesting area of Netflix that they they're going to. Wait, do we want to do our overall rating on this to close it out? Uh, go ride a fucking bike, man. I think we can... Okay. There's, I just, just no want to make sure there's no lack of clarity there. <clears throat> this is the most definitive. So the last couple... Nobody been... wanted to like the show more than either of us. We really wanted to. I, I saw the trailer and I swear to God, I was like, this is going to be fun. Maybe... And five minutes in, I was like, I don't even want to meet any of these other characters. No. This is not... This is nothing. You can just tell. Uh-huh. You can just tell. You can just feel it in the air. The, the whoever cut the trailer is a fucking genius. I oh, no shit. No shit. But I also just want to say as Americans, you know, obviously we have a very specific palette. Not that, not that there's not a million different degrees of it, but you know, a lot of stuff that is so subtle that we don't think of as American, it's American and vice versa for all these other things. So maybe that was really funny to an Australian. I don't know, man. I think I don't think it was. I, don't, I think comedy is comedy, and I think people get shit. There's a level that is comedy is comedy that translates, but then there's also like a lot of verbal stuff that is only going to really be. I don't think it was when that. you drop in store names <laughs> or you, you know what I mean. I just don't think I don't think. Dude, I think you're giving it too much credit. I don't think it was that. I think everyone, even in Australia, is like, God, come on, Chris, what the fuck. I really think that because I mean, how many British television shows that are comedies do you watch and you're like, that's really funny. I get it. Like most of them. Yeah, but I feel like. What I do get from the British stuff is that stuff you're talking about that's more international. Like you can tell the guy's right. irked and he's kind of stuck. So in you're just saying or... that this is so Australian inside jokey? No, that, no, no. That, that nothing in it was funny at all except for the inside Australian jokes. Well, I'm saying that may have been the case. I'm certainly not saying I the Australian jokes were funny, <laughs> but possibly we there was more funny there than we were given credit for. But the universal aspect of it, yeah, all the things we talked about. That's indisputable. It's just failure to launch. But there may have been some good verbal stuff there that we missed because we don't know the department stores. or Are they trying to be, you know what I mean, the mayor of some town that's famous or whatever. We've got our people here that sometimes the world knows. Everyone knows Kim Kardashian, but not everyone's going to know, I don't know, fucking Dude, Jerry if, Seinfeld. If, or, if, if fucking references is what made that fucking funny. Well, references are a big part of things. I don't think it's going <laughs> to... Because you're trying to make up a oh, character. Good thing they referenced Walmart. I was almost off this shit. I honestly... Dude, I think What do you think just, I shop at JCPenney? No. I'm more of a Macy's guy. Now I'm watching. Right? She's No, she's more Macy's. And then someone says, no, 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 she's more JCPenney. Laugh track. Oh, that's very funny. He's trying to say she's low class. Maybe we missed that level. There was of nothing shit. about most of those characters, though, that was even Australian specific. Like nothing. Like most of them, there was a, even like maybe the shore, the, the store that one guy shopped in. But like that fucking like the porn star lady put her in in L.A. and changed the accent. Nothing is different. Like it's this you you do you're doing the same fucking character, that same trope of that lunatic or the the big the girl going to college. There was nothing overtly Australian about that. Well, outside that one the actually accent. was American, right? Weren't they? They were actually, in America, but they weren't even Australian characters. Weren't they supposed to be American? And, no, I mean they were. They, um, or were they Australian? I think they to, might, and they may have been coming to America. They had accents. I don't fucking remember, dude. It, I just I, all I know is that I don't think there was. We we're gonna lift that inside joke rock, and I don't think there's laughs under that one either. That's what I'm thinking. It's just one of those things. Let's just, all ask. Let's ask all of Australia. If anyone is listening from Australia, was it funny? 
and I yeah. think I think we know our answer. Uh, I think, or you you had this. Oh yeah, so go ride a bike. This is the the first official go ride a ride a ride a bike I've had in a long time. So the last few in a long time. The last few it's like Roma. For me, it's go ride a bike. But I know that that's a great movie, and like there's somebody who's gonna be some movie snob that I know, and I'll be like, you should watch Roma, right? I know I'm gonna recommend that, and it's the same thing with uh, like bonding. Go watch fucking bonding, right? But dude, this is the first one like there isn't a soul I would be like, you know what you should watch? Unless I hate that person. <laughs> no, I'm totally with you. There was nothing that we would want to pass on with that. And what sucks is Go do we both? I think the lesson here is uh, expectations are are the thief of Netflix joy. <laughs> Maybe, so. <laughs> maybe, because we wanted to give the uh, the Oscar to the trailer guy. Not sure if that was the case, or we just we thought it would be funny. We yeah, he go. should go. We it should go to the trailer guy. <laughs> Get that guy from my. He fucking polished that turd to a, a brisk shine. Um, but uh, I, I, I mean, we should maybe we should look up some other Chris Lilly stuff and see what else he he did and uh, come back to you guys on that one. Anyway, so next. Uh, next Millennial Book Club segment. This will be fun. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. It's We're moving into, as Greg recommended this one for us to do, and uh, as soon as he said it, I was like, man, I, there's that's like a whole genre of Netflix shows that I think is going to be like really big. And that's game shows. Netflix is going to be having, they're going to have their, their own Jeopardies and all that kind of stuff are going to be on Netflix their, their budding game show section, and we're going to watch Flinch. What is there a blurb for Flinch? Harrowing and hilarious tests await the brave and foolhardy, as well as the judges, in this comedy game show. If they flinch, they feel the pain. Uh-oh. It looks fun. Basically, looks... they put people in these... It's like Fear Factor, and then right before the tarantula bites you, if you turn your head... They fucking whack you with a fucking hammer. Wham! Or something else like that. And I I, I can't wait to see the different combinations. You get two for flinching. That's the that's rule. Literally, your... that's what it is. Two for flinching. Dude, this show is just made by a fucking bully. I'm going to dream I'm going to make a game show out of this, you nerd. <laughs> and what was your match percent with this, Greg? Oh, yeah. It was very high. I want to say it was like 97%. What is your match? 97%. What oh, was yours? yeah? 98% motherfucker! Uh, thank you, Netflix, for knowing me better than anyone. That's right. Because I think we're going to like it. I think we did are... We get, did we have a match for... Um, Lunatics? Lunatic, or was it too new? I, I didn't notice. I didn't know. But uh, that's... We're such on the razor's edge, cutting edge. Greg, don't trip over the past. We're, we're, uh, we're here in the future now. And Lunatics is far, far behind us. Yeah, and luckily it didn't give me a match because I would have disputed didn't any do. number yes. other than zero. Any hoots. So, guys, please be sure to watch. Uh, this one's going to be fun, I think. And maybe our expectations are going to fuck us in our ass again on this one. But we'll find out. Watch Flinch for next week. If you have any comments or reviews about even what we've talked about just now, if you have any comments on Lunatics, we'll talk about it on the next episode. It doesn't matter. Or you can write us about Flinch, but send it all to roadsodamail at gmail.com. And also, if you do that, send your mailing address because you get a special thank you postcard. It's a Millennial Book Club postcard, but we also send out 
our other postcards. So you, you can have two postcards. Two. Check that shit out. Postcards. That's with a pluralization on that motherfucker. So, guys, roadsodamail at gmail.com. And we'll catch you next week with Flinch. Flinch. Welcome to Dark Web MD, medical knowledge your doctor won't tell you about. One time I was delivering pizza to a house and the next thing I knew, I woke up sewed anus to mouth with my three friends. Luckily I was at the front and didn't have to eat poop and was also able to comfortably access Dark Web MD to find out more about my symptoms. Dark Web MD gives complete access to archives of information to help with everything from at-home tumor removal to the actual value of an arm and a leg. Sick of losing to your tennis partner? Send them polio. That's right, Dark Web MD won't only help identify ailments, we will sell them to you. Dark Web MD, where you go when they say there's no cure. Hello, TC? Hey, what's what's going on? Hey, what's going on, dude? Hey, buddy. All right. Hey, so uh, nice to meet you, man. I'm Isaiah, and this is uh, this is Greg. How you doing, man? How's it going, guys? It's going all right. So, hey, man, we are really excited to to talk to you and to to do an interview. Now, we're not we're not like we are recording right now, but uh, when when we go to put this up, it'll sh- it'll come up on uh, Monday. We'll probably cut you know whatever out. And uh, we do a little bit of editing and chopping here and there, just depending on what's, you know. Boring or not. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, man, this is, so, so, you're, you're pretty fresh to, tell us, what, who the, what's going on? What the fuck is happening here? What am I looking what at? Mean? What are you looking at? What am I looking at? Who is T.C. Rastani? T.C. Rastani is an award-winning talk show host based in the Boston area. And how long has he been based in the Boston area? Uh, I've been based in the Boston area off and on probably most of my life. Uh, I grew. I was born in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Spent summers out in Las Vegas, as you can read on my bio page on my website, tcvistani.com. But uh, I'd have to say that Boston, you are my home. Boston is your home. Nice. Because he loves that dirty water. Well, only when the colonel goes in the water is it dirty water. <laughs> That's right. That's definitely our next question. What is the Colonel's backstory? What is the deal with the Colonel? All right. The only way I can describe Colonel Bull Montana is he's the real life Forrest Gump. <laughs> and and explain that. He knows everybody. Everybody knows him, and the things he stumbled through in his life is ridiculous. You remember James Brown? You know, living in America. Uh, well, Colonel Bull Montana used to be a bouncer at a place in Boston called The Channel. And this is where all the big name acts used to play in the 60s, 70s, up into the uh, late 80s. And he was one of the head bouncers there, and everybody knew him. Like I said, he's a lovable guy. And uh, James Brown it, used to take him out for dinner when he used to come to Boston. So pretty much when I say the real-life Forrest Gump, I'm not making it up. Everybody knows this guy. Really? James Brown used to take him out to dinner? Yes. What kind of and dinner Larry do you think Bird, they used to have? And, Larry, and he used to be work. Uh, he used to be part of the Bull Gang over at the Boston Garden. He put down the parquet floor for you know in between the Celtics and the Bruins game. And oh, Larry cool. Bird was a huge fan of Colonel Bull Montana. Really? Larry Bird was a huge Bull Montana fan. Yep, number thirty-three himself. Love it. Bull used to be a wrestler back in the eighties, and he used to be one of those guys that lost on TV quite a bit. And uh, Larry Bird used to tape it and bring it in and show all the other Celtics players. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. 
That's a true story. That's a true story. That's awesome. Are, so, are you really as big of a wrestling fan as uh, as we might think watching the show? I am an '80s wrestling fan. Just when the it was '80s. Good. When did it end for you? When did it not uh, become good uh, anymore? When did it really stop becoming really fun? Probably around. I'm gonna say. The late 90s. So let's let's do that in like WrestleMania. Are we talking like WrestleMania 13, 16? Well, I was actually in WrestleMania 14 as one of the druids for The Undertaker. What? <laughs> <laughs> Not only he's a big fan, he's a big star in there. So, wait, one of I the druids? Number 11. Number 11. Druid number yeah. 11. Where did, that, I, where, where did that WrestleMania take place? That was in the Fleet Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Nice. That was the one with Mike Tyson. Remember the one where Mike Tyson was the referee? So we're talking like late 80s then, right? No, that was 1998. 1998? Yep. Holy shit. All right. So you were still into wrestling in the late 90s then. It wasn't just the 80s. You liked the 90s Yeah, like I said, around 1998. I was a big fan of like, you know, all the old 80s guys that became the NWO was pretty popular. Right, right. I got to... So clearly, we've watched a bunch of clips. We've watched a bunch of stuff. And I see that... There are clips from way back for the listeners. You can go see a clip with TC interviewing Pat Morita, a.k.a. Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid. And on the same couch, Sherman Helmsley, a.k.a. George friggin' Jefferson. That it was our very first show, May 29th, 2003, so 16 years in a couple weeks. Uh, that would have been the first show, and Pat Morita was completely trashed out of his mind on that on that episode. So, so now, <laughs> trashed or not, how does a guy like you get Pat Morita on his very first show? Okay, the story to that is, uh, we will. Uh, I've been thinking about doing this show for a long, 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 long time, and we just happened to have. Uh, we built the set, and we were like, you know, we got to kick this off. And someone said, you know, a couple towns over from you, George Jefferson and Pat Morita are doing a version of The Odd Couple that's going to debut like a, about a week after you want to tape your show. So I called up the uh, theater and said, listen, I'm T.C. Rastani. I'm doing a talk show. They needed all the publicity they could get, honestly. Uh, and we got them down at the station, and uh, we did the interview. <laughs> got them totally but, hammered. Uh, Pat Morita, I actually picked him up in front of the theater at an Italian restaurant, and he was in there sucking down alcohol, and he was doing the Karate Kid bit to the, anybody who would listen to him. He was, he was showing up wasted. Oh, yeah. He, he was, I mean, literally, you know that scene in the Karate Kid when uh, Daniel Sun found him half in a bag and, like, you know, shit-faced? Right, yeah. That, that, I saw that five feet in front of me. <laughs> I lived that. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome that, that sounds like a hell of an episode so the big question is what makes a guy want to do a Johnny Carson uh, homage type of show in 2003 and then more importantly a, a related question how do you get that kick ass set and all the equipment and what, how's that all happening alright well my kick ass set was built by my director of the program Airwolf Chris who uh, was an intern on the show many, many, many years ago, and he's graduated now working in broadcast television. And basically, me and Colonel Bull Montana cornered him about two years ago and said, listen, we want to bring the show back, and you're building the set. And he built the set. That's pretty much it. <laughs> nice. So that set was like, it's from 2017? 
we yeah we brought the show back in 2017 after a four year hiatus because we did the show nonstop pretty much for ten years and we uh, needed a little break and uh, and uh, we decided to bring it back and Airwolf Chris and uh, Chip one of our directors built the entire set uh, there was no design we just said this is what we wanted to look like and they made it they're masters they got nothing on industrial light and magic. That's a kick-ass set, absolutely. It's very clear to it see. You, that should see it in, you should see it in person. And there are there are Easter eggs hidden in the Las Vegas set. They put, like, you know, the DeLorean from Back to the Future, the Millennium Falcons floating around in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, you, I, we saw that on your, on your little, uh, your tour, your, your backstage tour pass. Thing, that's right. We just watched it. Yeah. So so you, you did it from 2003 to 2013 or 14, we'll say. What, right. So what does do it mean? Like, is it where where would someone see the show, and, yeah. and what is it, it on? on? It was on local television here in Boston on a bunch of little uh, little stations, and then a little thing called YouTube was invented, and we decided to put them all up there, and we've gotten people responses from all over the world. Uh, it's crazy. A little show that we came up with, like I said, back to the inspiration. Johnny Carson was my inspiration, obviously, because growing up, he was the king of late night, and uh, I had to do something like that. I was I was thoroughly impressed by the way he reacted and had manipulated people on the show and whatnot. And my other influence was the Bobby Heenan show. Do you remember the Bobby Heenan show? I don't remember the Bobby Heenan Not show. Not many people do. Bobby it the was Brain. In the summer. Bobby the Brain Heenan had a, uh, his own talk show. It had nothing to do with wrestling. In 1989 on the USA Network it was four episodes, and he brought on the weirdest people in the world, and he just, you know, subtly insulted them. And I said to myself, somewhere down the line, I could do this. Uh, and <laughs> I saw I, it, my it took girl. me a while, but I, I did it. <laughs> so that was that, those are the two inspirations for uh, for After Hours with TC was dying. And how do you get a local station to to pick you up? Like how do you how does that how does that work? Um, you could do the bought a deal. I mean, back in the old days, you bought a deal. You would give them like, you know, they could have as many commercial times and, uh, you, basically they would air it for free if they could get all the commercial time and run their commercials on there. Okay. And, and we put it on local TV, like lo- local access television as well. Right, right, right. Oh my gosh, man. It just seems like but a hell you, of a but, production. But YouTube you get, is the way to go. You, but you, you know, YouTube is usually like a kid with a camera and, you know, like a camera phone. Doing his own stuff. You've obviously got like multiple cameras, and you got expensive lighting and the big set and all that. Yeah, it's uh, it looks pretty damn good. I'll have to admit. <laughs> yeah, you guys are I mean, really I, putting I, on I, a show. I host the show, and uh, you know, and do some you know of the post production work. But everything you see is all done by my crack staff down there, led by Airwolf Chris and his crew down there, and these people are pros. That's awesome. And that's public access in what town? Uh, it's in Boston. In Boston, okay. Yeah. And so, is it is it on weekly or is it on? Oh, uh, you know, we was we were used to be on bi-weekly back in the day, and then we realized that that was a lot of work. So we start doing it now monthly, and and we tape a bunch of what we call little uh, little uh, webisodes. Now we used to do full thirty-minute episodes, and then we realized. The attention span over the last 10 years has shrunk, so everybody only watches little tiny segments of something. And uh, in the television industry, they're called nuggets, usually about six to seven minutes long. We decide to call them quickies. So nice. and we do, we, it's like its own little mini webisode. We have a guest, we have an opening, we have a close, and it's, you know, slam, bam, thank you, man. Rather than sitting there talking to someone for 20 minutes, it's going to get boring. And I, even I wouldn't watch it. And I'm on it. <laughs> and I'm on that shit. Now, how uh, how how old is, is Bull Montana 
Is, is that man? You know, we, we should cut him open like a tree and find out how old he really Count is. Count his rings, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to ask you, what, what's your guess? How old do you think Colonel Paul Montana is? Late... 60s, and by late, I mean like 73, 74. <laughs> yeah, that's and, you, and, and your co-host guest? I would, uh, I would have to say, I would have to say, right in the same same ballpark around the 70, early 70s. You'd think he's 70 or 80, but Colonel Bull Montana is a ripe 63, and I mean ripe. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's definitely aged with a little uh, intent there. He looked 63 there. when I met him 35 years ago. <laughs> Bull Montana. Now that was that was his wrestling name, right? Uh, his wrestling name was Bull Montana. I crowned him a colonel because he had, he does have a military background. Oh, okay, hey, the colonel, and he's got a he's double. He's the colonel. He's the colonel, man. And now, did you guys did did you did he ever do any wrestling down in uh, like St. Pete? Was a big wrestling. Are you you informed me that or informed us that uh, Randy Savage is from? Sarasota was built from Sarasota. Yeah, Randy Macho Man Savage was built from Sarasota, Florida. Uh, I, I think he lived somewhere near Clearwater, Florida, in real life. But yeah, he was he was characterized as you know built from Sarasota, Florida. That's I wonder why. What if, I know I know uh, Hulk Hogan is is from the Clearwater area. Yes, everybody knows that. I met this guy one time. He said he wrestled down there in the in the eighties, and uh, his name. His name was the Swamp Thing, and uh, I saw the, I saw the movie. Never, never heard saw him. You wrestle. never heard of the wrestler? I asked him. I thought this guy was bullshitting me because uh, I told him, "How'd you get into wrestling?" He's like, "Well, I got into wrestling after I got out of prison." And I was like, "Well, why the fuck were you in prison?" I was robbing banks. <laughs> I was like, just one thing after another with this fucking guy. I never but, heard of this one, uh, Colonel Beaumontian. I don't think he ever wrestled in Florida. He mostly wrestled up in the New England area. Okay. I've, I've never. Uh, we actually, if if you go onto our, our onto our uh, YouTube channel, and we had on Man Unknown from Pots Unknown, maybe about six seven months ago, he actually brought footage of Colonel Bull Montana in a tag team match with the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Wow! Holy shit! Was he any good? And eh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the world the the wrestling world needs villains too. So good for him. Well. They do indeed. Now, now, what do you see for the future of of TC Rastani and After Hours? What is what is this? Where's this rocket ship going? Well, the rocket ship is you know, like, you know the stratosphere. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm not one of these people out there to say, oh, I'm going to take over, uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon or anything like that. Uh, I would be happy to be on, you know, once a month at midnight, one a.m. On a, on a nationwide basis, right? And uh, and, and give the world uh, our unique brand of entertainment. I think you're I think you're going in the right direction, man. Especially if you're on uh, you're on the internet, you know. You can put right. that out once a month. It's global. People all know where to show up, when to show up, and um, check yeah. you guys. And then going on uh, podcasts like this is going to be a big plus for us. Um, you know, we have a unique brand. I mean, uh, our demographic is probably from like age 35 to 75. Younger kids aren't going to understand what to do because they didn't grow up with the late night talk show scene. Right. You're right. And you know, it's they. everyone is, is really looking to try to get that generation onto uh, online because they're still, they're still on broadcast television. They're still watching broadcast television. They want to... They need shows like After Hours with TC Rastani to to draw them in, to bring them to. Absolutely, we'll we 
we'll pollute their mind with talk showisms. That's right. Get in there and muddy it up. Now Absolutely. you you said your your main influences were Johnny Carson and then that four episode, uh, which I'm gonna have to look up now. The uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan <laughs> show. But yeah. when I when I saw you, TC, the first thing that came to my mind, and it's TC is also the initials of Tony Clifton. What are your thoughts on Tony Clifton? Tony Clifton. I actually saw him in concert about eight years ago in Boston. Uh, we had a we had a nice little chat. Uh, he, a wonderful person, and uh, you know. T.C. Ristani is a combination of many people that he's met throughout the, the uh, his lifespan. The Hockey Talk Man was a big influence on uh, Mr. T.C. Ristani. So, who's who's the Honky Tonk Man? The Honky Tonk Man is the greatest intercontinental heavyweight wrestling champion of all time. All right. And uh, he may be, have been an Elvis impersonator, but in my mind, he's 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 way above uh, Elvis as an entertainer. But in my mind, he could totally kick Elvis's ass. <laughs> Even in the state Elvis is right now, he could still kick his ass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot of influences in, involved in, uh, in uh, T.C. Ristani. You know, you don't, you don't reinvent the wheel, you borrow from the great ones. That's word words from the wise, folks. That's a, a wise word. Yeah, you just gotta kind of piece it all together and create your own thing. Yeah, man, yeah, I'm I, I'm from the, a the, the, like I said for the Bobby Heenan. I stole the sequin jacket from Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, there's a lot of influence from relatives that I, I have known in my entire life that are obviously genetically encoded in me. Um, but yeah, you, you steal from the best. Yeah, sir. Yeah, we're, we you know we're a podcast. We're Closing on episode 100, and definitely... 100. 100, yes, sir. Closing in. We're like in the 80s. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's impressive to see a guy doing a show from, you know, with stuff going back to uh, 2003. Yep. It's a lot of time in. It's a lot of time in. A very long period of time in in invested in that. After hours with T.C. Ristani. And what is your your fondest or your favorite... Uh, a story that you like to tell. It's cocktail hour. T.C. Ristani's holding court, and he's going to tell this story from After Hours. Well, it has to be the uh, episode where Pat Morita was completely in the bag. Right. And uh, we had it catered by an Italian restaurant, and he didn't touch any of the food. He went right for the booze. As soon as he came in, he just he drank literally, I think, two bottles of white wine and looked at us and goes, I will do the show and uh, like teach you like Daniel son. I'm like, I'm like, you, you got to be kidding me. And the, and the scary part is we had him on the couch with him, George Jefferson, and Colonel Bull Montana outlived both of them. <laughs> That's one thing. Yeah, like I said, he, he's the real-life Forrest Gump. He's outlived Mr. Miyagi and George Jefferson. Wait, those guys are both dead? No, they're both dead, yeah. Holy they're, shit. They're gone. Marita died a couple years after we had him on the show, and then uh, George Jefferson, not too long ago, and his body was on ice. His, his family was going to, like, you know, you know, claim the body or they had an issue with the body. Let the poor guy rot in peace. Just, you know, go away. Jeez. It was just awful. But yeah, forever. That's that that is the that is the staple of the program. When people ask what big names have we had on the program, I mentioned those two people. They Jeez. go, Mr. Miyagi, really? The real one? No, we faked it. <laughs> you faked it. And now has now have you killed anybody else with your show? Uh, well, Brad Delp from the group Boston, you know, the guy who sings More Than a Feeling, yeah. uh, he actually he actually did a, a, a skit on the program, so I think we killed him, too. <laughs> but I also have on my program uh, one my of the greatest celebrity stalkers of all time, South Boston Jeff. You may see on our YouTube page, he goes down and asks celebrities the most ridiculous question. And if he doesn't have his hat on, his scally cap on, it's been... It's been uh, 
proven that celebrities he meets without his scally cap die not too long after. Holy shit. Welcome to Brain Drain, the latest innovation in memory storing. Last year, our leading mind scientist made a breakthrough in brain recording. This new cutting edge mind technology allows us to pull every precious memory from your mind and store it for all to enjoy when you are finally dead. Come to our state-of-the-art facility and sign up for the marginally invasive procedure lasting no longer than the time it takes you to read your favorite Stephen King novel. Have peace of mind knowing the story of how you saved Bobby using the Heimlich at Thanksgiving in 1988 will be told every year and not forgotten with the rest of you. Your family will spend hours poring over the easy to store and share 500 tape VHS box set containing every last experience from your whole life. Visit our Toledo storefront located in the strip mall with Super Weed Mart. Brain drain is not responsible for any information discovered by a loved one that may be unsavory. Your husband cheated on you with Mary, not us. Side effect may include feeling as if your true soul was trapped on 40,000 feet of magnetic tape. We are not liable for any other side effects yet unknown. Brain Drain, a Popco brand. So this guy, wait, you're telling me this guy's a professional celebrity stalker? Oh yeah, you can go on our YouTube channel and just type in South Boston Jeff celebrity stalking. You'll see him asking, uh, the, the, my favorite one, you know who Patrick Stewart is? The guy from Star Trek? And yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> He comes out of the theater. I mean, this is like guerrilla warfare. I, we have a camcorder crew that goes down. It was like, this was TMZ before TMZ. Uh, I invented TMZ. In, like the, in the uh, mid-2000s. Well, Patrick Stewart comes out of the thing, and, and, and South Boston Jeff asks these stupid questions. He goes, you were a great Captain Picard. Uh, you were a great Captain Ahab, because he replayed Captain Ahab in the Moby Dick remake. And the thing he asked him at the end was, what's next, Captain Crunch? <laughs> 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 and uh, needless to say Patrick Stewart actually remembered that because years later we saw him again in New York City and uh, he just looked at Jeff and just like a, a look of disgust <laughs> on his face <laughs> nice I remember that so that's another borrowing right or maybe you got that's around the same time as uh Stuttering John used to do that shit for um... uh, well actually Stuttering John was uh, South Boston Jeff's uh, hero so that's uh, why he uh, you know came up with doing John. these. No, who's studying John? Down See, New York City. I'm from no, this generation that's like I'm at the 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 lowest, youngest generation in this. A, uh, a Bull Montana room, probably so. has underwear older than Isaiah. Just I, to give you some frame I can, of reference, I can, I can guarantee that. <laughs> uh, I can prove it right now. Stuttering John was the right. South Boston you know, Jeff open your door of and take a Howard Stern. Okay, they'd send him out to ask people ridiculous questions. They almost had like a thing in his ear, and they'd make him. Ask those type, you know, what Captain right. Crunch or whatever. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. good stuff. That is good stuff. How? Okay, yeah, I know Howard Stern. I used to stay up late and watch Howard Stern. <clears throat> oh yeah, he, he's the master too. He's a master. We're gonna cut his legs right out from under him. Yeah, as soon as we get a hold of that stupid scarf. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, that. So you got your. Um, the first you so you you started in two thousand three and then ran for how many years before so was it until two thousand thirteen and then you you cut yeah about it? about ten years yeah about ten years wow 
And that was, and you were coming out bi-weekly and then monthly during that time, right? Yeah, well, we would take, we would take, you know, summers and, you know, like regular TV shows had hiatuses. We took hiatuses as well. And, uh, but, you know, it was a steady pace from, uh, I'm going to say like 2000, 2004 to 2013, we were pretty regular and we had, uh, you know, a lot of shows and a lot of interesting people. And uh, that's what we like. We're like The best compliment we ever got from one of our guests was, he goes, "What the After Hours of T.C. Ristani is the Tonight Show from the Twilight Zone. Okay. <laughs> nice. That is a, that's a good mashup. That's a great mashup. And I took that as a, as a major compliment. It is a major. Hey, man, you're going in, in the right direction. I mean, you're already, you're doing something that's really unique and fun. Like, what, what do you do... To typically get your uh, to to get your guests, like where do you go? How do you how do you get them? Uh, well, back in the old days, you know, it was a thing called a telephone, and we would, you know, a lot of people would recommend. Well, I, I saw this guy perform on stage at a comedy club, or I know this guy who's making a movie, or this guy writing a book, and it was word of mouth like that. But now, everything, you know, the guests we get are all through social media. You know, I put a thing out there, and I say, you want to be on the program? And uh, I get people biting all the time. And then they realize, you know, the show's in Boston, and you're calling me from California or something. You're not going to travel all the way out here. Right. We got we have a, we we got a good influx of uh, of strange and unusual people and talented people as well so and when you say like strange and unusual are you just letting any any tom dick and john walk in there and and uh, sometimes sometimes we've had people on there <laughs> sometimes you, know, you get they, some you know, the show they, must they, they, go they on do, huh oh we've had uh people that uh oh god just strange people who collect weird things some of this yeah. stuff isn't on our on our youtube page because it was just a the quality of it back then we didn't want to you know show it and some of it just sucked right. um uh just you know people who wrote books that had were like medical books and whatnot there was a, one doctor we had on the program right. he wrote a, a, a book a medical book and he was a friend of a friend of a friend and he was going on a national tour right. of like you know like good morning america and all these other shows promoting his book and he said can i get can i you know get my feet wet on on this show and i said sure we came down and i had absolutely no idea what this book was about he told me right. about it two seconds before it and i think it was about he went on a some uh, safari in africa to find herbs or something for some you know cure for some disease he was coming up with or something <laughs> and uh <laughs> Did you make Paul uh, Montana eat a whole shitload of those herbs? Uh, well, it, it may have cured him, but I don't think so. And uh, what happened was the guy called me back like six months after his tour, and he goes, I had more fun on your show than I did on Good Morning America. Really? That's awesome. Oh, jeez, yeah. yeah. They're just a bunch of stiffs on Good Morning America. That's pretty cool. I'm not up, so I don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're probably going to get some real real yakadoos, you know, that are... Uh, if it, That's... I mean, if you don't, we we put out on Craigslist one time that we wanted to just have somebody on our show, right? And uh, some of the responses we got were pretty pretty interesting, pretty scary. We ended up having a nice, very nice lady on the show. She's a very nice lady, very nice lady, uh, who was a phone sex operator. And oh, really? Yeah, she said she she's she she uses this website called Night Flirt. And uh, she said she's in like the top ten percent or something like that of of uh, people on the on the website. Now she probably sounds seductive on the phone, but looks like Bull Montana in real life, right? I we would know probably <laughs> probably. I think you'd probably be right. She sounds like an angel. Just put an angel's voice on Bull Montana. Oh, that's a horrible thought. Um, <laughs> so unbelievable. Yeah, man. It's it, you know. 
uh, with with social media, and I see. So, are you relatively new to the Instagram aspect? Absolutely. Uh, when my web designer uh, built my website uh, about a month or so ago, uh-huh. he says you need to get on Instagram, and I was like, "Well, I'm not a 12 year old girl. I'm not going to go on Instagram." So, uh, <laughs> well, he said, and here you are. <laughs> you got There you go. He goes, "You got to get on there." So I, he created the account, and uh, and you know, it's it's been fun. I mean, uh, I, it's it's different. You know, I, I haven't done the Facebook thing in like, you know, six or seven years. So right. pretty much my only social media outlet has been Twitter. Right. And which Twitter, not for nothing, I mean, there is something to Twitter. It's obviously uh, getting you people on the show and whatnot and, and getting a message out there. There's just this extra element with Instagram. I know it's like it's like a, a necessary evil when it comes to doing this kind of stuff because it can really suck some time out of you. But if you're doing it and you're doing it right, it can it can bear some really good fruit for this kind of uh, for this kind of shtick, if you will. So. Unbelievable! I, I I agree with that. The only thing I don't like about the uh, Instagram is you can't hyperlink anything. So if I want to put like yeah. a link of a show, one of our clips out there, you'd actually have to write it down. But as on Twitter, you can just click on it; and it'll take it right to it. Yeah, it is a pain in the ass that you can't do that. You can't hyperlink and. Um, it's, yeah, because it, it sucks because you'll post something like whenever we have a new episode come up, we post we uh, post like a picture for it, but then there's no, nowhere to click that'll then right. take you to our, our, our thing. And um, but I mean there's work there's workarounds and, and like you could put it in your profile like um, like the bio for the profile. So we up every week we update the link in our bio profile. So any given week if somebody's looking at our profile and they click that link, it'll take them to the newest episode. But um, I think and that's what you guys discovered me was on Instagram, right? It sure was. We and dis- how exactly did that happen? <laughs> I don't know, man. It, there's there's all these crazy numbers and algorithms floating around out there, and they just you never know. Just last week, we got connected with a, another podcast, and we we did like a crossover interview thing with them, and they're called they're actually out of Boston. Robin Slim. Have you heard of those guys? Never, never heard of them. But tell them do they want to be a guest on my show? Hook us up. Yeah, they're actually. Uh, you should. To- uh, uh, I'll, I'll send you like their their profile information, and, and you can talk to them. They'll probably have you on their show. I think they're actually based out of Jersey. S- yeah, South Jersey, though. Oh, okay, well that's that. That's and then no they broadcast. Me, but... They broadcast in uh, somehow out of Boston. I don't know. Well, whatever floats their boat, and they get the word across. It's great. Whatever. It is. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of podcasting crossovers, we started doing after we took our hiatus of the TV show. We did a podcast version of the show, and uh, someone on Twitter discovered us. Uh, guys by the name of the Couch Party out in Detroit, and we come to find out that their mascot is named the Bulldog, and he, we think, is the love child of Colonel Bull Montana because they look way too much alike. And they coincidence they have they're like the same person like the the Forrest Gumps of the world and they're thirty five years different so Bull may have made a trip out to Detroit thirty five or thirty six years ago and the Bulldog is the offspring of the Bull Montana. I mean, what else would come out of the Bull Montana? Oh, you you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do know that it's. Uh, <laughs> That's a different story for a different time. You don't have enough uh, gigabytes of recording time to record about the Colonel. With the Colonel, um, man. So, how yeah, about, I mean, so I, I would not do the show without Colonel Paul Montana. Johnny had his Ed McMahon. Bobby Heenan had his Jameson. I would not do the show without Colonel Paul Montana. If he can't make a TV tape, I cancel it. That's it. That's that's commitment right there. You know, you know what it takes to run it, and you need all the pieces. You need all the parts, my friend. Absolutely. I mean, people people are like, is that guy real? And it's like, you can't get any more real than that guy. 
That's it. I mean, I yeah, we're very surprised by him. Oh, what, are you, what are you looking at here? Oh. <laughs> so, all right. So, hey, is there any... Thing you want to get out, or or you you just mentioned that this podcast. Are you guys still doing the the, the podcast aspect as well, or? Uh, you know, as a as a side thing, we do it just for fun. I mean, the, you know, the main thing we do is, is emphasize the show, you know, the TV show. But right. uh, the podcast is more of like me and my buddies just uh, shooting shit. You know, kind of like everybody's podcast these days. Right. Um, and you know, it's like everything else, we talk about po- uh, pop culture. You know, everybody on my show is a child of the 80s, so that was a big important time for us. So we talk about all our fun things that happened back then and, you know, 80s broads that don't look good anymore or 80s broads that look great now. <laughs> that could be the entire premise of the show. 80s broads that look good and don't There's look only good. only one other type of 80s broad, and that's dead 80s broads. Then you got the ones that look good and the ones that don't look good. We can exactly. talk them all day. That's it right. is. It's crazy. Now, you guys have been doing your show now for what? You said like 80 plus episodes? Uh, yeah, we actually started in 2015, but we were spotty for a while. Uh, we had no actual recording uh, recording uh, uh, schedule or anything. Yep. And then it was around episode 40-something. Yeah, last July we started every week on Mondays. We put out a new app. Yeah. Wow, that, that's commitment there. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're making that push for almost a full year, and we haven't missed a week in that full year, every single Monday. And uh, we're really just trying to do that indefinitely and uh, just see what happens with that. So. And it's just you two guys, right? You don't have anybody else on the show? Nope. I mean, we do a lot of interviews every once in a while, but yeah, it's just the two of us and we, we do everything and uh, all the editing, all the, you know, getting in of, of, of guests, I guess. But the, you know, the, our, what takes up most of our time is, is writing and making those commercials, all the commercials that we do. Right. And uh, other than, you know, I'm probably the biggest name uh, guy you've had on your show so far, but impress me with some of the other big names you've had on it. Uh, we have this uh, real fun comedian out of uh, New York City. Out of New York City! Her name's Amanda Hurley. She's pretty, uh, she's working in there. I actually, I think I started listening to one of your episodes the other day to get, get familiar with you guys, and that was the one I clicked on. She's a real nice gal. She's, and we love having her on, and she's, she's finding herself floating around a bunch of... Uh, comedians that are that are bubbling and popping and she's she's crackling if it were herself and i think you know give her another couple years because i met her when i started doing stand-up in new york back in 2012 and okay. so she's been doing it for a minute now she's doing it for a hot minute and there you go i think that's See, when that, it's that, that's one thing i have not done yet is tried stand-up comedy i mean i've done improv and basically everything we do on our program is improv. Nothing scripted or anything like that. It's kind of like uh, curb your enthusiasm. Just give us a topic and off we go. And off we go. Galloping. Well, you got to take, hey man, take TC on stage. Boston's got a, a great open mic scene. You get in there, get TC up on stage with Bull Montana. You guys could do a duo act. Oh my goodness, you know, that, that would actually be, you know, that's something to look into there, and there's a lot of colleges around here, but like I said, my demographic is like 35 and up, so these kids are going to be like, what the hell did I just witness? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, maybe they'll like it, you never know. These I'm sure kids. they will like it, you know, just, you know, everybody's uh, uh, can have a little, uh, you know, as we call it, cheeky medicine, as in the iron cheek medicine, and uh, you'll probably enjoy what we do. <laughs> that's right, a little cheeky medicine, yeah? Have you ever seen the episode where we had the Iron Sheik make uh, his famous jabroni pepperoni pizza? 
No, no, did not. Oh, it's not. It's on my YouTube channel. The Sheik brought in is a special ingredient to put on his jabroni pepperoni pizza. Jabroni, and are we, we have to check that out? We have to check out who it is. Find out what the special ingredient is. So, well, it's Sheiky medicine. Mister TC Ristani, where uh, can people find you? Where Where are they well, going to look? All right, I'll give you. Uh, I'll, get, I'll give you like all my all my my platforms that you can find me on. First and foremost, you can go to my new website, which is tcristani.com, and in there has all my links to all my social media, which is Twitter, and you can find me at Twitter at After Hours TC, or you can go to my Instagram where you guys found me, and that's at tcristani. Perfect. So, nice. Great what? to meet you, TC. All he hit oh, all the beats. He oh, hit all the beats. Sorry about that. <laughs> he said, yeah. That's not professional. Thank you so much, TC. I uh, we hope to have you back, my friend. And uh, we'd love to just see where the like keep a relationship going back and forth with you because absolutely, my friends. Absolutely, man. You're, and no. you got what, 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 you know off the air. Well, you have to send me your address. We'll send you down some after hours merchandise. Hey, Hell please, yeah. please do. We would love to. We got these postcards that we send to all our guests and everything. It's a uh, it's just a piece of merchandise from us. We'd love to do that, man. That would be great. And, and and if I didn't like it, I would I would send the colonel down just to harass you. <laughs> you might but never get him back. Actually, some people may actually like that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> people pay good money for that, man. Sar- you guys are down in Sarasota. They got another golf courses down there, right? They sure do. Hell yeah. The colonel's uh, he claims to be one hell of a golf player. I've never actually seen him do it, but he claims that he is. Huh? We have to get him out there. See what he can see what he can do. Unbelievable. I, I, I'll get him on JetBlue tomorrow. <laughs> they got those $29 flights down to Fort Lauderdale. Well, you can pay for his tab then. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so very much. And, hey, you can uh, check out this episode. It, it'll come out on Monday. Absolutely. And you'll be, you'll be to right in, listen to it. You'll be right in the meat of the episode, right in there. Unbelievable. It's going to be awesome. You guys are great. <laughs> Anytime you want me on the show and vice versa, when we, we'll have you on our podcast and we'll have some fun. Heck yeah, man. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Yeah, have a good one. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much for cracking yet another road soda, you animals. I hope you enjoyed the TC Restani interview we had a lot of fun don't know that guy just came out of the woodwork man that was a great interview he was a fun dude and we hope to have many more fun interviews lined up for you guys on the show thank you always for listening be sure to do your homework with the millennial book club your assignment is flinch flinch so be sure to watch flinch and if you're gonna send your thoughts and your reviews to us, you can send that to roadsodamail at gmail.com. And be sure to do so with your mailing address so you can get yourself a free listener appreciation postcard as well as a Millennial Book Club postcard. You, again, animals, have a wonderful week and we'll see you again on Monday.